Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We've talked some baseball here to start the show, but uh, we began in the first hour way back when talking about the NBA. Uh, Apparently, Steve Nash has uh, reached an agreement, a sign-and-trade agreement, to go from the Phoenix Suns to the Los Angeles Lakers. Today, at some point today, Ray Allen will be in Miami to meet with the Heat. Supposedly, I think tomorrow, he'll be in Los Angeles to meet with the Clippers. Joining us right now from WEI.com is the superb Celtics and NBA beat reporter, Paul Flannery. Good morning, Paul. Hey, guys. How's it going? How are you? I'm, I'm good. Uh, were you shocked at the uh, Nash to the Lakers scenario that played out yesterday? I was surprised. I was definitely surprised. Uh, I knew it was a possibility all day long. I kept thinking it was probably going to be the Knicks uh, that were going to be able to pull this off. And, and if... It, you know, I thought Iman Shumpert, who who was the Knicks' big trade piece, was a better was a better was a better trade for Phoenix than these two first round picks and two second round picks they're going to wind up getting. But you know, if the player wants to wants to ultimately go there, Phoenix wild hard and send him there. So th- this does a lot for the Lakers. It really does. I don't know how defensively it's going to work, but this really helps them out offensively, and it'll be fascinating to watch him and Kobe play together. Do you think, Paul? Do you think this move puts them into the uh, stratosphere with the Oklahoma City? It gets them into discussion, yeah. for sure. Um, I mean, th- you know, look, the big problem is is that they still have to guard guys like Russell Westbrook and Tony Parker, people like that. And we, the, the big shoe hasn't dropped yet. Somebody's going to get Dwight Howard. And it's either going to be the Lakers or it's going to be the Nets or it could be the Hawks. And maybe there's another mystery team. I don't see it right now, but th- th- that seems to be the play. And, you know, the Lakers can can move by them if they, if they really want to try to do it. And the Nets are still a possibility, although I don't love what they have to give up to get Dwight Howard. But somebody's going to get Dwight Howard, and that's going to shift the balance completely. I kind of half-joked about it earlier on, but, but I'm, I'm more serious than, than kidding when I ask, when did Brooklyn become such a destination spot for NBA players? Well, you know, Dale, I mean, you know, have you been to Brooklyn lately? Yes, Brooklyn. that's why I asked. The first time the, the word rubles were mentioned. Exactly. And you got the Russian billionaire, who I know is Bradford's favorite. Yeah, it is. Yes. I aspire to be the Russian billionaire. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, you've got a new building. You've got a lot of excitement going up. And, look, they got money, you know, for sure. And you got Darren Williams, who is a, a very, very, very good player. He has never really gotten the attention that he's deserved, mainly because he spent most of his career in Utah. But you get a really good point guard out there like that, and people want to go play with him. So, I think that's what you're looking at. And, you know, look, it's New York City. It's Brooklyn. It's all the rest of it. So that's, they'd be, they're, they're going to be a player. Right now, Dale, they're a good team. They're probably a playoff team right now, assuming they do some of the things they can do. And the Celtics division just got a lot tougher. You, you, were, you were on the Jason Terry bandwagon, right? You were with me. I am. Yeah. I was and I am. Do you think so? It's a good fit? It's a great fit. I mean, the issue with Jason Terry is the years. They're giving him – Three years, which I, that's the cost of doing business in this market, because there's 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 four or five shooting guards and there's six or seven teams that want them. So three years is is, is what it costs to get them. But I love it, Rob, mainly because first of all he can score. He's instant offense, which they have not had. 
He is a bench guy who loves coming off the bench and loves doing that. He's got championship pedigree. He's tough. He can also play point guard. And they haven't had a guy who can play point guard behind Rondo since, like, 2008. So I love it from that standpoint. I think it's great. What does this contract mean for potential Ray Allen signing here or somewhere else? Well, Dale, it's a good question because they have insisted from the very beginning that they wanted to do both. And the reason they want to do both, one of the reasons they want to do both is that Avery Bradley is coming off double shoulder surgery. And that's that, you know, there's no guarantee of when he's going to be back. I'm actually trying to figure that out myself right now. You know, what's a, what's a reasonable timeline for Avery Bradley to come back? They need depth there. And so that, that's what they're telling Ray. Now, whether or not Ray says, yeah, okay, I just saw you add a guy who's going to play 30 minutes and get 15 shots a night and go somewhere else is up to Ray. But they are insistent that that is what they want to do. How do you see the rest of the Celtics roster shaping up? If you had to guess right now, a couple weeks from now, what would we be looking at in terms of committed contracts to the Celtics? Well, I think, you know, I think we're going to get a decision on Ray soon. Hopefully, um, he's meeting with Miami today. I don't know about that Clipper thing. They they may have offered Jamal Crawford a contract, and if that happened, then he, then they're out. Um, so I think raise the first domino, and then in short order, you will see Jeff Green handled. Brandon Bass to me is the wild card, Rob, because I'm not sure they can do all these things, and he is also the, the one guy you can actually sign and trade. So there may be some some action on Brandon Bass here before we're all said and done. I think that's what you're looking at, and then you'll, and then you'll add Michael Petras, probably, presumably, maybe Steam Smith if he doesn't get an, a big offer from somewhere else, and then you're pretty much ready to go. The one reservation I have, the big concern I've had with this team is where are you going to find that rebounding from? I love Jared Sullinger, the rookie. I think he can help a lot in that regard, but I think you need a bigger, a bigger rebounder. Those guys are hard to get. That's why I think you might be looking at some kind of action with Brandon Bass. I don't think there's any doubt, and, and as we watch this thing play out, there's no doubt in my mind Dwight Howard can't go back to the Orlando Magic next year. I mean, I, 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 that ship has sailed. Presumably. <laughs> <laughs> you never say never in this league, but yes, I would think so, Dale. So then the question becomes of the options that are out there. I mean, the Atlanta Hawks have basically pillaged their entire roster, uh, apparently in some attempt to try to induce him to want to go there. I mean, isn't it? Brooklyn or the or the Lakers and really nobody else? Well, yeah, I think I think Atlanta would like to be a player in that and they can offer Al Horford who's a very 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 good player. Um and you know the other thing that the Hawks did was they are getting off the treadmill of mediocrity that they've been on for 5 years. They're stuck in this, you know, 45-50 win team. So they're completely blowing it up but they still have some good players. But yeah, I think it's Brooklyn I really think the Lakers, anytime they want to put Andrew Bynum into the offer, and they've been very, very, very reluctant to do that, but anytime they want to do that, I feel that immediately makes them the front runners. And maybe that's the play. Now, today they've come out and said, nope, nope, we're keeping all these guys, we're keeping all these guys. But I still think at the end of the day, it's Dwight Howard, you have to make that play. The Lakers, they've been there from the beginning, kind of hiding in the shadows. They always seem to get the guy. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the the NBA power structure seems to be shifting a little bit, but not a whole bunch. And I'm just curious, if you looked at the Celtics, let's say they get Terry, they get Ray Allen. Mm-hmm. Where do you see them fitting in? Is it is it just, hey, you know, you're, you're hoping for a second or third place, or do you think that legitimately, let's just say the Heat really don't do much of anything, right. do you think that they could make a run with the Terry addition, with Avery Bradley coming back, maybe with Jeff Green? Mm-hmm. 
Do you think that they that that's a legitimate combination to to do something there? Yeah, I do because it's all matchups, and they match up better with Miami than anybody else in the East. I really believe that. Um, you know, Chicago Chicago is probably going to lose a seek, and that makes them a little bit smaller than they were before. They're still huge. The Pacers could lose Roy Hibbert, and then they become less huge. Those are the two teams that really bother them. And look, if Dwight Howard goes to Brooklyn, then that immediately becomes a major concern. But right now, today, they're still the best team in their division. I still think over the course of 82 games that they are a top three at worst seed in the East. And you, if you play Miami and you have all your guys healthy, they want to take a shot at them. And, you know, they could get knocked out in the second round against a team that they don't match up as well against. But if they play Miami, they feel like they can beat them. And that's what you're looking for right now because Miami has set the stage here for the next three years that they're going to be the team to beat. So you can either go crawl under a rock and, you know, try to, try to get lucky in the lottery, or you can keep competing, and that's what they've chosen to do. So I salute them for it, honestly. And the fact that they're getting these guys on reasonable contracts makes it a lot easier to do something else if it just all falls apart. How strained is the relationship between Ray Allen and Rajon Rondo? And if it is as strained as I believe it is, how much will that factor into Ray Allen's decision? Dale, I think that's the million-dollar question right now. Um, it, from being around the team, it, it def, it, it, it's, it's a relationship that's evolved and changed over the years. They used to be very tight. You can see it on the court on occasion. I don't want to make it seem like this is this all-the-time thing, but people who watch the team saw what happened on occasion. Rondo would stare through Ray when he was open. Ray would occasionally get a rebound and try to dribble up the ball up the court without getting the ball to Rondo. He's the only guy who did that. You could just see these little things. How strained is, is a difficult question. I'm not sure that's going to be the deciding factor for Ray Allen. I still feel like it's, what's my role going to be? How defined is my role going to be? He did not like coming off the bench. Is he going to be a starter? I would not put that out of the realm of possibility if he came back. I'm not sure that's the best play for the Celtics, but I think there are about five or six different factors. The relationship with Rondo factors into that. I don't think it's the overriding decision, though. Do you believe it to be true that Rajon Rondo went to Doc and said we should be starting Avery Bradley and not Ray Allen? I have no reason to think that it's not true, and it was the right play. It was the right play for the team, and I think they probably would have come to that conclusion on their own. If Doc is the mediator that I sense he is, (laughs) why has he not been able to mediate this? Well, you're talking about two very strong-willed people. And, you know, Doc is great. He is a great mediator, but there's, it's, he can't do everything. So, you know, it's, these are great questions, Dale. And I, I wish we could sit down and have Ray and Rondo and put them up there and, and, and really grill them right now, but we can't. So I, it's, it's a lot of speculation, and it's a dangerous game to speculate just how deep this goes. I do think it's a factor. I, I mean, you know, it's, it's probably a factor. I just don't know how deep it is right now. And final question, you said you don't know how long this Ray Allen thing will, will take. Do you expect this could be decided literally by the end of the weekend type of thing? Oh, I think so. I think so, because at some point there just aren't going to be any more teams left to bid. And, you know, I don't think he's interested in going to Memphis. I don't think he's interested in going to Minnesota. So you're looking at Miami and possibly the Clippers. I've always thought the Clippers were the best fit for him, frankly. But I'm not even sure they have a GM working right now. So that's, <laughs> that tells you a little something. About Elgin Baylor's not there anymore? I'm sorry? Elgin Baylor's not there anymore? <laughs> Get caught up, Robbie. Oh, man, that's, that's, that's when the Clippers were the, truly the Clippers. <laughs> True. Um, so, you know, look, so I think it's probably going to come down to Miami and the Celtics. And I don't think it's necessarily going to come down to money, although the Celtics can offer him more. And, 
It'll be a very interesting decision that he comes to. Well, and, and I said this was the last question. This is more in the lines of a mm-hmm. comment. I was surprised at how how positive Doc sounded in his comments to ESPN Boston early in the week mm. and how much those comments changed just in the course of 24, 48 hours. He doesn't sound anywhere near as confident now. No, no, he didn't. And, you know, it's, it's, it's funny with those guys. Uh, they believe that they can, they can sweet-talk anybody back into the fold. <laughs> so there may have been some unwarranted optimism there over the weekend that, that may have cooled a little bit. Because once the guy starts making visits, he doesn't want to let him leave Miami without agreeing. And so if he does, then maybe they got a shot again. We'll see. Well, again, I mean, Paul, I mean, it comes back to we've talked about free agency before. People have to understand that these guys feel, hey, I earned the right to do this, mm-hmm. so I'm going to take advantage of it. And they have. Yeah. And they absolutely have. And, you know, I, guys, I mean, I, I, I understand what the Celtics are doing here, and it's probably the best course of action to try to get both Jason Terry and Ray Allen back. But if Ray Allen goes somewhere else, that opens up a lot of opportunities to do some different things. And then you can definitely – bring Jeff Green back and Brandon Bass back and stay underneath that luxury tax line and maybe do something else. So it it may not be the worst thing in the world if he does go somewhere else. Paul, we always appreciate the time. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Take take care. That is uh, Paul Flannery, WEEI.com, as as good as there is out there at breaking this stuff down. As our buddy DJ Bean just tweeted a few minutes ago, he said, listening to Paul Flans on EEI right now, he breaks down that crazy NBA so well that even I can understand it. <laughs> That's sort of how I felt as I was listening to him. Even I can get the things yeah. that he's saying. Quick break, right back to the calls with you in just a couple of minutes. Sports Radio, WEEI. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.